Hello and welcome to The Windsor Knot, a royal wedding podcast hosted hosted by myself, Joseph Scribbles. Have you slipped into your natural accent? Yes, I have, actually. And I watched The Darkest Hour the other day, yeah. and a lot of people in that film have that accent that is beyond posh, and it's more like that, yes. where it's almost like it's... the. It hurts them to speak. Well, there's that... Ul- it's like a defect. There's that ultra-posh sound, which is, uh, like, goes way back to the Germanic. You've got that sense of the, um... You know when people have a very clipped sort of posh accent? Yeah. And you're like, ooh, that, you can see where that came from. Yeah. That's proper wins of that. You know, in The Darkest Hour, Halifax and the King, just when they speak, it's like they're quietly dribbling words. <laughs> well, it sounds like one of the the two halves of their jaw is yep. way further out than the other one, yep. but it's hard to tell which. Yep. Those are the mellifluous observations of Daniel Kruper. Hello. Hello. Do you know what the word mellifluous means? I liked to think I did, but I'm now scared to say what I it means. I think it's Latin for flowing honey. Right, yes. I, I believe that is true. Ooh. I thought you meant in terms of how I just used it. And you're tuning in for etymology. Yeah, mate. And apart from etymology, Daniel and I, this week, will be taking the international view. We're very well-travelled. We are. We, we actually are. We're quite lucky. Um, yeah. and actually, I was taking the piss then, but I did three continents in a week yeah, last week. You really so, did? So, yeah. Just made myself look like a right knob. Jet set. And you call me posh, mate. <laughs> Bloody not hell. Posh. It's posh to go places. It is. I bet you dress in a suit like they did in the 60s to get on planes. Um, I know you don't. I've seen your trousers. That makes it sound like they're stain ridden. You got me into the comfy trouser game on long haul flights. Yeah, well, some people are really obstinate about this mm. and go, oh, no, I just wear jeans. Don't wear jeans on a 12-hour flight, you lunatic. I once, uh, one of my feet swelled up enough that it rubbed against <laughs> my shoe, which I didn't take off because I felt bad about well, you it. you couldn't anymore because you had swollen. Yeah. Uh, and it itched so bad that I scratched it to the point where I now have a permanent scar on my foot. So take off your shoes and wear comfy trousers. You sound mad, Joe. Why? Um, when I got to Cape Town the other day, I took off my trousers and I took off my socks. Mm-hmm. And I had the biggest divots on my ankles where the socks would have been. Oh, and I was yeah. like freaking out a little bit. You it was balloon. Like, I've properly expanded It's here. very strange how you balloon on a flight. Yeah. Everyone on there is like Mr. Creosote. If you've never been on a plane, that's what you've got to expect. No one talks about it. It's like childbirth. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... I'm still not completely sure what happens during childbirth. I've got friends who've had kids now. I thought you were going to say and the they, stage beforehand. No, no. I, well, I don't understand that, clearly. But th- they still... Occasionally you speak to someone who's had a kid, and they'll just make a kind of veiled reference to the horrors that they've seen. Like they've been in Vietnam. <laughs> I, well, I saw, I've seen the baby be delivered on that um, BBC TV show. God, this is a massive tangent to open the show with. Um, you, what's he called, Robert Winston? The guy who looks like a Marx brother. Robert Winston delivers a baby live on BBC <laughs> on just, Channel like, 4. At it, and it, it, is, it is genuinely horrendous. It's like Grizzly Man. You never get to see it. You just watch his reaction just to the, it. Just his yeah face crumple. <laughs> He's got a crumply little face, Lord face. Robert Winston. I like him. The international view. That's what we're doing this week, remember? Yeah, so what Joe and I have done is, it's actually really hard in our English-speaking, Anglo-centric world to access the foreign internet. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's harder than the dark web. It's Because so I can hard. just download a different browser for the dark web. Because always boots up in dark web at work. Well, um, you know. I've got to keep an eye to the ground. So we've gone on to um, international websites and found the perspective on the royal wedding from different countries. Yes. Occasionally bafflingly specific perspectives. I'm going to warn everyone, 
this episode mainly entails us laughing at funny Google Translate. Exactly. Uh, we should point out what we're laughing at is Google Translate's yep. interpretations of foreign languages, not, not the foreign languages in and of themselves. No, because I think we've either been to these countries or would like to go very much. Or from them. Or from them, indeed. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. My home country, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> With an accent like this, I am from Osaka. You're right. Uh, some people say, I sometimes get Kyoto. I go, no, it's not Kyoto, it's Osaka. And that's Easy actually, mistake made. That's actually quite xenophobic in and of itself. Yeah. To Osakans. To conflate the two. That's like Blackburn Burnley. Woo-hoo. Apparently, um, Osaka's seen as sort of a yokel place in Japan. I Is found really? out about that. Yeah. Ah. It's sort of the Somerset of Japan. <laughs> Seriously? I think so. I really like Osaka. Yeah, because one of... Um, oh, no. Why are we doing this more tangents? Have you ever seen Gaki no Sukai? No. It's the guys who, um, every New Year, they have a challenge where they're not allowed to laugh, but terrible things happen to them for ages. So, for instance, there was one year where they're in a library and, like, awful things are happening to them, but they're not allowed to make any noise. And there's another one called... Uh, uh, no, I think it was No Escape Pie Hell? No Laugh Pie Hell. And it was a guy living in a house for 24 hours... And he had to just do normal things in the house, like watch TV or eat dinner. Except there were four men dressed in black morph suits in his house, smashing cream pies into his face all day and all night. And he wasn't allowed to react to them. And the point of all of this is that one of them, that guy in the pie hell, is from Osaka. And I think he's seen as stupid because he's from Osaka. That is the, the, the stereotype there of an Osaka. Endeth the lesson. Please wow. continue. For a period then, I, I was understanding a lot of the words you were saying to me, but mm. I was frantically assembling them like Meccano under duress. <laughs> um, so, Japan. So, I found some really interesting Japanese perspectives on the impending nuptials of Meghan and Harry. Mm-hmm. But I am going to open with one that I was a bit worried that I would find, and it is a bit of a racist one, Joe. Okay. And it's kind of a weird racist one because it is so unashamedly unmasked in its prejudice. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, veiled racism. In that it feels... Um, justified in putting it out there. It feels naive rather than aggressive. Mm. Will the princess be black? Anxiety becomes a reality, Japan. Mm. Seems aggressive. Um, so I'm not obviously not going to dwell on this, but I think it's just an interesting thing to put out there. It's the international view. Um, Prince Henry... Mm-hmm. Uh, who flashes with an actress of black mixed blood child. Mixed blood. It's a bit so, Harry Potter, isn't it? Lo- <laughs> there's a lot of that language. Um, seems to be a young man who grew up in England. He was. Yep. Um, who transformed it into a multinational and multicultural symbiosis society. Excuse me? Prince's action to bend the navel to slander for a lover has a section acting consciously and not conscious of race difference. I, you know, you were just talking about how you understand all the words, but none of it makes any sense. <laughs> Do you never bend, bend the navel to slander? Bend the navel to sl- Oh, so it's bowing. You know what, the, you know what this Bending is like? Bending the navel this is, is bowing. like having a crack at a John Donne poem. Yeah, I was trying to think <laughs> of like what poem metaphys- this is. It's metaphysical. It's like when you read Chaucer and you're like... Oh, yeah, that does Eventually, make sense. I understand what this means, but f- Jesus. Yeah. S- simplify it. Prince Henry is not stupid, so he <laughs> should understand the criticism of the world. What? This criticism doesn't exist in a lot of the world. But do you know, what's, what's this from? Um, this is from a place called, um, I'm going to butcher this, Kuro Kiro Yogi Kagi. That sounds lovely. And I think it's a blog. Oh, okay, right. Um, but the more you are opposed from the surroundings the more flames of love will burn up. This is quite a positive thing. So the more you're kind of accosted externally, mm-hmm. the more that will kind of... 
solidify their love. Mm. So the complaints of British people may be counterproductive. Ah. So he's saying like kind of prejudice might just throw them closer together. Yes. Um, but the, I, one of the reasons I put this in is the, the writer goes on to make this point about Japanese people apparently have this terrible habit of repeating the past. It's mm-hmm. like a Japanese narrative. Right. Forgetting bad events previously, which seems quite surprising to a country that had two nuclear bombs dropped on. I mean, they didn't do it themselves. So they've, <laughs> that bit. They, they've done quite a lot of terrible things. Yes. As of most dominant <laughs> societies. Of course. Um, throughout history. But there's this lovely phrase that I like how it's translated into English that sums up this feeling of forgetting past painful events. It is no wonder that there is an old man who clogs the rice cake in his throat because he forgets the heat if it passes the throat. Oh. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I think that's like, I translate that as when you really want a bit of pizza and you eat it and then you burn the roof of your mouth so you can't taste anything and the next day you're constantly th- like tonguing it because it's all that's puffy. It. And you've got cold pizza left. Because yeah. you're eating the pizza, yeah, but not all. Because like the day after it, the roof of your mouth feels like the texture of like a little chucky egg sweet. <laughs> it does <laughs> I mean like, it, the texture? It feels like the texture of the pizza you want to be eating. Um, but that's the cruel horror of a mouth roof. But I think that's an interesting perspective. And you know, we've both been to Japan. We've both been fortunate enough. And like mm. Japan is a really welcoming, it's brilliant country. It's very, but you know, it is. I got the statistic. It is ninety eight point five percent Japanese. Yeah, it is for long. You know, for historical and cultural reasons, a very homogenous, isolated society mm. that does not. You know, people don't immigrate no. emigrate to Japan. I'm not excusing from this article before anyone says that, but you know there there are kind of historical factors why this is like openly published. The article also it does feel like it's an article um, where they just don't get it. Yeah, and they are making the point of like actually it's probably you know. He's making the point that that's making them love each other. I, um, no, but I think he's offering us that we shouldn't be doing this so we can separate them. Mate, I've taken 200 words from... Like, oh, so he does want to separate mate, them. there's 2,000 words. Ugh. There's a massive section on Kate Middleton being a Jew. Oh, no, well, then no, it's not a, on, is it? He's an absolute Japanese wrongan. You've properly found one of, you know, the old school guys. Proper wrongan. <laughs> But one of those guys who still lives in the like jungle. To, I would like to say this is in the minority, and I've put it in there um, kind of out of interest because I think it'd be weird just to focus on something that's too frequently done with Japan, where it's like focus on wacky Japan. Yeah, and that's in itself a, is a cliche. Not going to lie, Krupa, odd one to open on, but let's go on. No, but get us out the door now. Get us <laughs> out good. the door. You're right. I also brought up Chucky Eggs. That's true. So you know, levity. The rest of this podcast is sort of an oust to the foul smell of that first yeah, story. Every time, <laughs> right? This is from a website called Excite. Okay. And true. Does it to begin name, with the letter X, mate? True to the no, it doesn't. Oh. But I guess in Japan it wouldn't. So I don't. Mm. True to the name of the publication, it is very excitable. Yes. It is very ready to embrace Megan and everything she stands for. I love that. Um, Megan. Can you be like Princess Diana? Oh. Megan, who's going to get married to Prince Harry, Henry in spring, this spring. Do they keep calling him Henry? Yep. That's what Prince Henry in spring, this spring. Mm. Before Megan's entry into the royal family, the voice to the birth of a new Princess Diana comes from several media. This is a recurring thing from now on. Megan is referred to as Mr. Megan. And I've seen this in multiple Japanese translations. I don't know what the reason for that is. That's got to be a, a quirk. 
Mr. Meghan, who was also adored to Princess Diana, but what role will you play in the royal family in the future? Meghan, Mr. Meghan, who has no hesitation and is clever, is motivated to face the Queen with Elizabeth, who is strict and difficult. Mm. Mr. Meghan, who is quite pleased with the Queen's opponent, was welcomed with unprecedented treatment, such as being called also a royal event of Christmas before marriage. I don't know, Joe. No. I have this, no idea what's going on there. As a, as a side point, there is a strange narrative that the Queen is a real hard-ass. Really sour-faced. With everyone. And like, in every territory that I've come across, including England. I, mean, I think people think she's quite stern, I think. I, but I don't ever get the... When you see her, I don't ever get the idea that she's, like, uptight. She's just a late, like an old lady from the 40s. Do you think, like, other people don't kind of recognise that as quite a, you know... Just an old British woman. That's yeah. what old British women look like. But there's, there's Granted, all these, she's got a bit more money. There's all these stories where it's like, sources say the Queen was furious with Meghan for not curtsying or whatever. And you're just like, what? I don't think she no. cares, really. Projected narrative on the Queen. Very strange. Um, as some people call Meghan, like... Michael Sparkle. Ah, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Mr. Sparkle from The Simpsons. That's what people call my dad, because Ma- he's called Mark. Michael Sparkle. Expectations are getting higher. Attention is gaining attention once again on the good deeds Megan has done. Really behind Megan here. One of them is Megan's behaviour after Glenfall Tower fall. I've been, I've been reading about that which too. Which shook the world last year. In this fire, where as many as 70 people died, Mr. Megan visited the firesite in secret. He felt comforted. He felt comforted desperately. The victims, a man who consoled his heart with Megan, said, "Megan visitors many times. It was a very kind feeling. Megan is already a special person in our mind." Ah, I just think that's really lovely. And he goes on to say that he draws a parallel here between Megan. There's a lineage between him. Um, him I'm calling him Mr. Megan. Jesus. <laughs> between Megan and Lady Diana, Princess Henry's. So he's now Princess Henry. What is happening here? Princess Henry's deceased mother, Lady Diana, also got out of the Kensington Palace and visited several hospitals to interact with the patients. It was said that they encouraged and encouraged homeless people. Mm. Many of people who did not report. So, (laughs) Princess Diana encouraged homelessness, so. (laughs) Much like the Tory councillor Simon Dudley was going to do. This is testament to Excite mm. and the tenor, the tenor of its publication. And also the fact that Japan is embracing what she stands for. Yes. And there's not even a mention of her ethnicity in this whatsoever, Joe. That's lovely. Which I think is plus one for Japan. Interesting point um, raised in that, that um, there's always a focus on Megan's good deeds. Yeah. And I've searched, I think I searched 15 countries worth of articles today. Like, just trying to see the weirdest stuff, obviously, because that's what you really mm. want. But the stuff it's that always, always comes... the weirdest stuff that you think. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's this recurring narrative of Megan did a really nice thing, and different countries like different nice things. So when she went to Grenfell, she went to a mosque. So Pakistani, ah. um, Pakistani publications were all like, she visited this mosque, it's amazing, she's so lovely. Philippines, everyone loves this one video of her, which is... Brilliant, by the way. If you're in love with Megan, which I believe you still are, you haven't mentioned it for a while. Very very much. I'm just keeping it on the download. Check out this video. It's embarrassing. She's getting married. (laughs) Check. It's like the end of uh, Love Actually. You're going to be that creep with the boards. That is the worst scene (laughs) in a modern romance movie. Awful. What what an absolute freak he is. Andrew Lincoln's character, who's obviously very famous now for playing Rick in Walking Dead. 
he's sleezing on his best friend's fiance for years and years. He goes to the wedding and just shoots her like a little perv. Oh, creep. And then on Christmas, he goes to their house and does a Bob Dylan on her. Oh, it's horrible. Does a but Bob Dylan that's all like over her. That's like the cats and a whoopsie on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on a big oh, brass bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, in the Philippines, there's this one video of her um, in Scotland, and these two Filipino uh, uh, sort of celebrants are... Is that what they call them? I don't Celebrant, think so. Yeah. People who stand at the side of the road and say Advocate. hello. Um, stand at the side of the road, and she says hello, and they're like, oh, we're from the Philippines. And she's like, oh, cool. And they're like, it's our anniversary. And she's like, that's so cool. And they're like, oh, it's so lovely to meet you. And as she walks away, she says, thank you in Tagalog, which is a Filipino language. Bloody hell. And they lose their minds. Well, you would, though. Yeah. And it turns out it's because she lived in L.A. There's a big Filipino um, population. That's she really amazing. likes Filipino food. That's so good. I've only done that once in my life, something like that. Mm-hmm. When I went to Japan when I was 21, I learned a few phrases to get by. And one thing's, you know, like Doitashi Mashte, which is like, thank you very much and stuff like, you know, you're welcome and stuff. And then I learned, I learned to recognize if someone said, your Japanese is good. Oh, right. And then I, I learned the phrase, Sunurai Monodeska, which kind of means, ah, uh, no, no, I don't. It's nothing, honestly. You did, that's such a cheat. <laughs> it, absolute cheat. And then you do that after they've already complimented you. They go crazy. And then you're like, no, but seriously, no more, because I'm at a loss. <laughs> I did. Um, and then I just, we just ran into the hills. My school had an exchange program with a school in Sweden, in Umia, in the frozen Ooh. north. And we went there on a song and dance trip. I did both. <laughs> Much to was my, it optional? Much you to my shame. Well, I was in the choir things? and I was in the dance class. Oh. I can't dance. It was <laughs> very embarrassing. Um, I did it because that's where the girls did things. Um, and Which is less creepy when you're 11. <laughs> I'm the voice you did it. Um, and uh, we sang oh, a... Dance class. Oh, dance <laughs> class. We... Um, Kenneth Williams. I don't know why I sent that. Um... And we sang a Swedish folk song called Smogrudena, which means little frog. And um, Swedish audiences lost their fucking minds. <laughs> These 11-year-olds singing <laughs> Little Frog. Do you feel like you were the Beatles? Yeah, genuinely. Like, oh, who wants to hear the frog song again? Standing ovations. And it's just this. Smogrudena, Smogrudena, Elustiga Atze. It's that. Do you know what ribbit is in uh, Swedish? Oh, yeah, because um, animals have different noises in different countries. What yeah. is it? Kuakakak. Shut up, Kuakakak, kuakakak. That's how the song Sweden. goes. Sweden, it sounds nothing like that. It's <laughs> ribbit, and you know it. <laughs> anyway, do Japan. Okay, um, my final um, little bit of journalism from Japan is from Japanese Esquire magazine. Oh, I think this is actually Japan. This is a proper like, cover feature, because the way this translate is translated, it feels like someone's been sent to do it, like a freelancer's been sent and done a big cover feature mm. on... Um, Harry and Meghan has gone to them when they first visit, first official visit to Scotland. Oh, that so was only this, recent. So he's got this quite like evocative tone. He's trying to like you know paint the scene. Two people who had official visit to Scotland from February thirteenth, twenty eighteen, ahead of Valentine's Day on previous day. Two people, mate. You need to work on your opening sentence. I visited Edinburgh Castle to attend ceremonies and later visited charity organisations that operated sandwich shops for homeless relief and visited facilities. Mate, you've got to get people you're Dry. Open, open with the thing where the pony bit, bit him. I know. But Prince Harry and Meghan. Markle, in the process of public service, it seems that an unexpected thing happened happening. 
You might be worrying what this is, Joe. Um, Harry was bitten by a Shetland pony. Oh, he is actually talking about it. It is the mascot of Royal Scottish Regiment, Shetland Pony, Crucian 4. Crucian 4 sounds like a spaceship in Alien Universe. Crucian 4. Oh, shit. The xenomorphs are on Crucian 4 again. (laughs) They're all pony xenomorphs. You you laugh about that, but like... They could be in it. As a kid, I used to have alien action figures of everything. I had a spider alien... How is it Those impregnating? Ones. Yeah, how is it impregnating a spider? A face, it? face hugger spider. Think about it. Yes, yeah, absurd. Prince, who is ha- who is a hobby of horseback riding or polo, either or, got close to the original of Crucian Four and talked gently to the head with a soldier of the Royal Scottish Regiment. However, it seems that Crucian Four tried to bite in his hand. Whether the gesture of the prince was bothering by any means, the situation at the time is here. I, d- I don't know. I don't think he's fully conveyed the real drama of the event. But then he like quite lovingly goes on to talk about all the wonderful things that Meghan and Harry are doing in Scotland. Although he then slips, I don't know if it's a stylistic choice, he slips into this weird first person. Then we moved to the new town and visited the Social Bite to conduct community welfare activities. Social Bite is a social project that distributes 100,000 meals and drinks to homeless people every year. I am managing several cafe shops and I hire staff of experienced homeless people. So I don't know if he's gone like native in Scotland. He's like, and oh, now I'm and now I'm managing several he's cafes. He's so inspired by Megan. He's just set up a charity. I, I was writing for Japanese Esquire and now I'm working in Fife. I'm spreading, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn, making egg mayo. It's like a Ken Loach film. Japanese don't, you know, don't even have a long culture of making sandwiches. They find them quite a curiosity. Uh, well, you say that. Well, 7-Eleven sells that, some banging sandwiches I'm saying that mainly when I visited when I was 21, which I now oh, realise is 10 years ago. Yes. So, okay, things change, Joe. Um, they do cut the crusts off, which bothers me. But yeah, I, I, that's about it for the Esquire one. Because, I like it. But I just like it's how forensic. kind of like forensic, but also it tries to be florid in a very banal way. <laughs> um, the the pony, I think, is the second most sent to us story we've had. Um, and do send us stories. It's oh, really mate. nice when you do. Yeah. Uh, the weirder, the better. Makes our life easier. I mean, we're not... The most sent to us story was uh, a racist letter with anth- possible anthrax being sent to Meghan and Harry. And yeah. you know what? What are we going to say we about that? We already have one racist story this week. What, what are we going to say about it other than, you're an asshole, stop trying to frighten people, fuck yeah. off. Like, that's... We're not going to cover that story. Yeah. Not deserving. <gasps> Breaking news from Burkina Faso. Bloody hell. From the Agence d'Information du Burkina. That's how they speak there. <laughs> French. <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will ride Windsor on horseback on their wedding day on May the 19th. They won't. I looked it up. They're not riding horseback. (laughs) Burkina Faso being thrown through a loop. They're not getting that. (laughs) But now to the actual story, which comes from the Kampala Sun in Uganda. Uh, and Kampala this, Sun sounds like a lovely drink. It does. Um, this is from the Sun Kafunda, which is, I believe, from what I can understand from the three articles I can find linked to it, a humour column. Ooh. Um, and mostly written, in two out of three instances, by a man called Tom Ruwa... Wait. <laughs> this is, I'm really trying. Ruwa Wire. Ruwa Wire. Yeah, I'll go with that. And I think that's all right. Look, people struggle with my name. People butcher my name all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's five letters. Um, 
And Tom does an interesting format for his humor columns. Uh, and it's called 10 Questions. And essentially, it's sort of a blank interview. It's He just writes the questions for the person, but doesn't get any answers. As if he's sort of opening it up for anyone to ask these questions. And this is questions for soon-to-be Mrs. Prince Harry. So you're saying it's a very highly experimental It is. It's form. formally magnificent and audacious. Avant-garde journalism from Burkina. Um, and Tom's written these ten questions. And I wondered whether you think you could guess any of uh, Megan's answers. Yep. Number one. Very in- attuned with Meg's. And remember, this is a humor column. This is like, And it's all written in English as well. Okay. So this is exactly how he wanted it read, and I love him. Like, I genuinely find him really funny. He has this other piece, I recommend you look it up, about why there are fewer idiots on the road, on this one particular road, and it turns out, like, a load of guys got arrested because they were driving on an incomplete highway. And he just goes on this mad rant about how idiots shouldn't be allowed back on the road. Oh, it's brilliant. Go look it up. Anyway, Tom writes this, number one, to Megan. So, how did he vibe you? Did he tell you, baby, I'm a prince? How did he vibe you? <laughs> How did he vibe you? It's very forward. I know. That's what I thought. Entitled. Baby, I'm a prince in the Soho Club. Number two. Now, as an American who's marrying into British monarchy, will you stop celebrating Independence Day? Oh, that's a brilliant question. Hard hitting. That's an exit. Hits you with the oh, vibe. Vibing. Oh, tell a little cute story. Oh, Independence Day. What are you going to do? That's a brilliant Genuinely question. Genuinely an interesting question I'd like to know the answer to. If, you, if for some reason, you are Nicholas Witchell listening to our podcast, please ask some of these. Because what do you think I'm the protocol is there? I'm from that. Like, what is she going to do? Like, just do a sparkler? Indoors? Uh, yeah, maybe just like a special Stars and Stripes room. One of those like, indoor fireworks where you put it on a plate and it just like... Yeah. <laughs> just... That's good. What's that? Cat well boy. done. Number three, what is this nonsense about Simanyi, I don't know what that means, I believe it's slang, Blake Shelton being the sexiest man alive? Are you Americans all, without exception, crazy? Have you seen Blake Shelton? (laughs) This is the thing that kind of went viral, where it's like, how is he the sexiest man? He was voted People Magazine's sexiest man alive. He's not a bad looking dude. He's not like... He's not Ryan Reynolds. He's not uh, model John Cortellarena. I don't know who that is. I'm, the, ass- I'm inferring he is a very attractive he's man. He's the James Dean lookalike in a single man, which to date I think is the sexiest right. man I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. In, <laughs> in, 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 I, uh, I've slept with him. No, um, when I first moved to London, I lived in a flat, mm. which is the flat that incidentally you have told me this. It's about Matthew Good. Oh yeah, I went tell the story anyway. It's brilliant. Well, it's ruined now. Um, I, I was leaving my flat. Oh, was that the punchline? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bloody thought... hell, Joe. Oh. I'll tell you another. Oh, another... Shall I bleep out? No, the, no, the name no. Was it's ruined now. I went downstairs, and Matthew Good was in my flat. He is a sexy man, and he's too. he's very beautiful. Also, I, went, I was reading Christopher Hitchens' autobiography in a bookshop. I didn't read the whole thing. And I went to the middle bit where there's pictures, and he also lived in that flat. Yeah. Weird. Brilliant, isn't it? had his polling card in it. You're a cool guy with cool stories, and I'm sorry I ruined them all. I did nothing in that flat. I, I, I bailed on my PhD and ate a lot of Sainsbury's Taste of the Difference um, cookies. Oh, yeah, those anyway. are good, though. They're still quite chewy, those anyway, ones. Sorry, I interrupted. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> This is this is a weird question. Four. You're a black American. Mm. Meanwhile, 
you don't really look it. Did he know? Who <laughs> knew? Did Harry know, I think? Oh, right. so you're like, did he realise? <laughs> Weird. Five. This is uh, quite a long one. He is fifth in line to the throne. He was third, but then his big bro got two kids, and they overtook him. And Gwe, I've noticed, G-W-E, I think is sort of a term of like, it's like, och. Oh, okay. I think. It's like, oh. oh. And Gwe, those people of that family just don't die. Just know you are never becoming queen. Oh, oh this is supposed to be a question. Do you know that you're never becoming queen? <laughs> He's good, isn't he? Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's got a nice little, like, demeanour to him. Six. But if, but if it ever happens, and your kids become monarchs, that will be part black, part America from your side, part black, black part, part America. America. Hasn't really thought how that works. And his dad is Greek, and his mum is half German. Eh, just know that your kid will have to colonise the world again, right? That's the question. Right. He's losing steam, I think, by six. Seven. I do like this new technique that you can make anything into a question by just going, right. I quite like this one. <laughs> you were in a show called Suits, which, uh, t- tangent, most of, uh, at least Europe, calls Suits Force Majeure. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, she's not in the film Force Majeure. No, but everyone's talking about Force Majeure season eight won't feature Meghan Markle. What's Force Majeure translate to? I think it's something in the law. Let's have a look what that means. Oh, isn't it Act of God? Yeah, I think it's, because that's the film about the avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Why Suits? Called Act of God. Anyway, you were in a show called Suits. The DVD guy told me it was a Siri, I don't know what Siri means, S-I-R-R-Y, called The Shoots. But when I put it in the deck, there were no guns, so I stopped. Was it any good? (laughs) (laughs) I love him! I do, occasionally in our professional lives, we get to do interviews. Yeah. Can we start doing, right? Was it any good? Was it any good? (laughs) Honestly... If, you know, the magical happens and we actually get to interview Megan. Some good questions there. I really, I'll, I'll totally lay it out and be like, look, we're not using our own questions. We won't bullshit. We'll be like, this is where we got them from. It's just, we probably have better access. Can we answer the, can we ask these and you answer them? That's a promise. We'll do that. Yep. Eight. Have you met Prince Philip? What did he say? <laughs> That's a brilliant question, though, because you know what he's, you know what he's going for. Oh, of course, yeah, but he's not saying it. Nah. He's just leaving the leaving yeah, it open. Yeah. Oh, here's enough rope. Yeah. Nine. Is there anything more American than? Well, actually, we said that. Is there anything more American than having a racist father-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's thinking if that question doesn't pay off, let's segue to that yeah. one. Do you know what sort of uh, worries me here is that. Prince Philip and what Prince Philip is like has spread so far. Yeah. Like, that feels like it should well, be an in-joke. Well, through his job, he's encountered so many different... Well, that's when he does most yeah, of that's it. When, yeah. That's when, he, um, that's when he comes to life, Joe. Yeah. And this one's a bit... I don't like this question very much. Have you watched Get Out? I'm imagining Get Out in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> On the... Thr- mm. Exactly, right? Like... He's kind of ruined it now. Yeah. It's not very nice, that one. Because then it's just Megan stoving in the Queen's head. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what? Uh, So that was Uganda, the Ugandan view from the Kampala Sun. Wow. So that is the first half of today's show, and we've done two continents already. Blimey. (laughs) 
Mr. Chicken. Right, Joe. So we've done two continents already. Because mm-hmm. um, because well, I haven't really thought this out. We're going back to Asia. That's fine. Asia's really we're big. we're going to Korea. Ooh. It's a country I really want to go to. I'm assuming South. South Korea. I did extensive I could, North Korean I not break their systems. Like, you can find the state news. They don't talk about the royal family at all, no. which I they think did. shows more disrespect than anything else, even the arms program. I thought they would have at least done the little pony story. What? Biting him. I genuinely Weakness thought. Weakness in foreign leader. I was so... Susceptible to Shetland bite. First place I looked was North Korea, because I was so sure they'd have a thing being like, heathen bastards... Creating more heathen bastards, America, Britain, you know, evil. Yeah, I, mean, I think they just don't care. Yeah, just don't give a shit. This is, you know, if we thought Excite was positive, this is so positive. It really wants to see the best of this. And it thinks this marriage can probably change British society. That's wicked. And it's written in a blog and it's very per- first person and it's very endearing, I it think. It sounds like it's going to be K pop lyrics. It is written like that. <laughs> Holy shit, it really is. Last week, announcement of wedding ceremony of the century. Do you know each other? If it's about the British royal family, why not? I'm just excited about the issue all over the world. Korea is also a fast-growing national power, and I'm afraid I should be on my shoulders. Anyway, today, the Prince of Harry and Meghan's... Can I stop you for a second? Yeah. I'm afraid I should be on my shoulders? Yep. What does th- that mean? That must be some weird idiomatic phrase that does not drive... It's lovely. Anyway, I'm afraid I should be on my shoulders. What would that mean? It feels like I should be pretending the, the to The preceding be... phrase is Korea's a fast-growing national yeah. power. So is it I should be pretending to be more important? I'm I should be acting I... more important? Yeah, like yeah, like not showing that I'm so excited about this. Because it oh, shows like, oh, okay, right, right, yeah. Because it makes Britain sound more important. Mm. Anyway, anyway, today the Prince of Harry and Meghan's learn about street reactions after marriage announcement. This is my favourite bit with English videos. Let's practice hearing, but hearing is spelt herring. Hey, yes. Prince Harry's engagement to American girlfriend Meghan Markle is a sign of changing the royal family. Yay. The engagement of Prince Harry and American girlfriend Meghan McLean. <laughs> not a name. No, nope. it's not a name. Meghan McLean. It's a signal that the age is changing. Only a few years ago, marriage to a mixed race Catholic American divorcee would be a non-star. But now, a few years ago, mixed blood. What's that phrase again? Yeah, Catholics, Americans, divorced people. It's like I think these are lyrics. I could not even think of it in the first place. But now, non-star, something that is unlikely in the first place, first person. <gasps> It's good to see more and more, you know, a mix of heritage in the royal family. But I think it's always a long run and it's always the royals and their behavior and their stiff upper lip. And then it goes, if they behave in a conspicuous way, it will always surpass anything. Stiff upper lip, steadfast spirit, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) This, like, if anyone at home has access to music creation software, if you could set that to a sort of sparkling pop... Uh, melody. You have my permission to High BPM. my voice. That would definitely come out, especially if it just ended Trump. Uh, <laughs> well, the royal family has got quite a history of happening relationships with actresses and, happening pe- relationships. and people that are outside the normal aristocracies. So, no, I think it's fine. Historically, people who are not usually noble royalty, I have a lot of strange relationships with actresses. So, no, I think I'm good. I have no idea what that nah. tangent's about. But finally, it closes with a very personal 
endorsement. I think it's great. I think she'll give me a whole new refreshing, refreshing aspect. Mm -hmm. She'll be familiar with how to cope. American-British relationships. Yes. I think it was really good. I think she'll show us something new and fresh. She will cope with familiarity. The relationship between America and England. Right. That's so good. I thought it was just lovely. I love that. Um, so affirmative. I've just been reminded of two... I, I'm really enjoying Google Translate's effect on these things. Mm. I've been reminded of two of my favourite things from countries that we're not covering in stories that I came across. Um, in... Uh, uh, was it? No, one was Russia. Oh, in Greece, the Google translation for uh, Love Nest. So Ooh. Harry and Meghan, or Meghan, is selling her place in Toronto that she was living in when she first met uh, Harry, where they assume that Harry must have visited, which in British papers you would call a love nest. Yeah, or a den of iniquity. Yes, but because the... Um, or a romp palace. <laughs> they love the word romp. Um, and uh, in Greek... In this one Greek paper, huh? He actually has a rump palace. (laughs) Um, In this Greek paper, they've taken the words love nest and I imagine literally translated them, which means that when Google Translate translates them back, it keeps calling it erotic nest. And it's really entertaining to just keep reading the words erotic nest all the way through this thing. That's lovely. And it's like Eros and. Yeah. I think that must be it. And also, uh, in Russia. Um, they, I read a Russian story about how there's a rumor that the Spice Girls reunion is going to take place at the wedding. What? Which I've read multiple times from multiple places across the world. Why are we not leading with world. that? Because it's not actually that fun a story because it's A, probably bullshit, and B, it's, okay. like, it's not showing off what any place is like. But through some quirk of Russian, they keep writing Spice Girls as in British amongst the... Is Cyrillic? Is their alphabet? Yep. Yeah. Amongst the Cyrillic, there's... Spice Girls, written as we would write it. Mm-hmm. Then in one place, I think they must have written Spice Girls, but in Russian. And it translates as peppercorns. So just That's halfway a great through, name. it's just like Meghan Markle, throughout the 90s, was a huge fan of, in inverted commas, peppercorns. That's brilliant. That's <laughs> Which a, I love. That's a good name. Makes me laugh so much. Well, I looked it up because I, I wondered whether there was a... Um, a song called Peppercorns that I didn't know. Like, she loved that yeah. song, Peppercorns. Turns out, there is a Spice Girls tribute act called The Peppercorns. So there you go. There you go. I'm festering in a Russian gulag. <laughs> <laughs> Along with them because, and the Peppercorns because, and Pussy Riot. Because, all in one place. Cinnamon and Mace did a little kiss. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right, this is the Cinnamon final thing I got from Korea Joe. Okay. And it's not an article as such, but it is a Korean trip that you can sign up for, and it's called the Royal Wedding Experience Schedule. So this is Where a, did you find this? This is a seven-day trip to London organized on a Korean luxury wedding um, holiday website. I feel and like you've got access to a different Google to me. <laughs> this is on Naver. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm tapped into Korea. You ask Jeeves, don't um, you? You bastard. Nah. You go, if you go to ask Jeeves, he's dead. He's, dr- <laughs> he's drunk all the port. It's just a skeleton in a nice suit. <laughs> he's just, he's just like, he's sleeping on a big stack of GOCs. Like with nail and I in his, <laughs> yeah. ask Jeeves. <laughs> it's like um, Simpsons when um, Skinner's got all those papers on him. And, <laughs> um, he's just drowning in GOCs. Um, Wednesday, May 16th, you arrive in London. Private London Eye Capsule. You explore the royal residence of Kensington Palace. And you what? get evening dra- drinks reception with royal insiders. Well, that's just someone who's 
seen them on the street. Oh, I think some of this is made. We up. could be a royal Mate, insight. We, yeah, we could pass on. Oh, Wait a second. Um, Thursday, May seventeenth, exclusive experience at the Change in the Guard. This is not an exclusive experience. I've seen it. You can go. You can go watch that. Korea, do not be duped. Lunch with royal biographer. Which one? Doesn't specify. Visit Prince Harry's favorite haunts. Doesn't say what. And the abbeys and cathedrals of royal marriages. Okay, that's actually quite a good. That's interesting. May eighteenth, which is the Friday, explore Windsor, including a royal wedding experience at the bride and groom's place of marriage. So it's like. But you can't just get in. You can't just get it, in the you? day before. But it sounds like a royal wedding experience at the bride and groom's place of marriage. Well, I assume Windsor. Yeah, but like what a reenactment of it. You get you get to do a little. Or is it play? just like oh, I don't know? Saint George's Chapel and learn royal wedding etiquette over afternoon tea. May nineteenth, the big day, the Saturday, the wedding day. Join just a handful of select guests in a private venue opposite the wedding location at Windsor Castle. This is a scam. To soak up atmosphere and again, meet royal insiders. I should have looked at what was opposite Windsor Castle. Well, there is is a pub just across from Windsor Castle You're going to be in a pub. That's been, the top floor has been rented out for £20,000 by Americans. Korean businessman. Um, Sunday... Experience Prince Harry's favourite sport, polo. Okay. May 21st, go home. Ah. So that's a little trip. What are we talking months-wise? It doesn't specify. It's a luxury wedding. That's either... Um, I keep saying wedding. It's a luxury holiday website. That's either an unbelievably high-class holiday or it's a scam. Yeah. I can't work out which. It was a very nice website. Um, Yeah. Squarespace. But that's, I think, yeah, you're right, though. I think Royal Insiders, it literally could just be, it's probably Witchell. It's Witchell, down on his luck, Witchell. And Starkey. <laughs> Starkey doesn't do that much royal no, stuff, does he? No, but um, Royal Biographer. Oh. They, they think it's going to be like Diana. He's not. He's talking. Oh, he's, oh, he's, ter- he's talking about Mary Queen of Scots again. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, he keeps going. Starkey. Starkey. Stop bursting through doors, Starkey. Where's Where are we going, Joe? Russia. To the entertainment news. Popcorn news. Entertainment news website is what I meant to say, but I got excited by saying the word. mispronounced popcorn. Popcorn news. Meghan Markle overview. So... Popcorn News has a um, a page for every celebrity they write about, and that page has various options. Uh, you can see all the news stories ever written about them. You can see their photos. You can see fanfic. Sadly, no Meghan Markle fanfic. Mm. And I did a lot of searching for Meghan Markle fanfic because I found out what her name is written in Cyrillic. And um, what it does is it, uh, it creates a sort of user-generated series of scores for every um, celebrity and mm. I thought I'd go through those scores oh lovely appearance out of 10 7.5 that's low yeah she's a beautiful woman style 7 out of 10 she's one of the most stylish women in the world right now I'll tell you what Joe Russia's kicking off talent 5 going down I, I've never seen her act so I can't, I can't really say what I have seen don't necessarily disagree She's got a talent. How bloody dare She's got a talent for charming the hearts of people around the world. That will grow. I think that's that. That's one. a talent. Yeah. No, Screw acting. Anyone can do acting. Popularity. Get this. Zero. She's got <laughs> zero popularity with popcorn news. Sod off, Russia. I think they've 
maybe fucked it up. <laughs> it seems wrong to me. Zero. Zero. Shame on you, Popcorn News. That's why we're not staying there. Did she not, not hear me talk about Japan's view on it? Not that one. The, the excitable one. Well, look. Instead of Russia, because they've done our Megan a disservice, we're going to fly west to their previously oppressed underdog nation. My homeland and yours. <laughs> it's not. Just my homeland, or at least my granddad's home- homeland. Whoa. Latvia. Beautiful, snowy, peat bog-filled Latvia. Oh, that sounds beautiful. And we're going to visit the news website, Delphi Isklade. Uh, one thing before I start that I really like about this is it confirms a thing I was told that I never truly believed. Well, no, I did believe it. I never had much um, inclination to go looking for the truth about that in Latvia, all men's names, first and last, end in S, and all women's names end in A, which means that in Latvia, Prince Harry is referred to as to do a bad pronunciation of it, but just to show you how things are spelled. Prince is Harris, with a J, R-H-A-R-I-J-S. And uh, better, Meghan Markle is Megana Markle, which I think is a really nice name. That's nice. And that's why I'm Scrabbles. And if I was actually a proper Latvian, I'd be Yazeps Scrabbles, just so you know. That's lovely. Latvia. Delphi is Glade. And Google Translate has not let us down here. It never does. It rarely does. It's A, let's not forget, Google Translate, absolutely incredible. (laughs) You really can't turn your nose up at it. B, funny as hell. (laughs) Internet craftsmen laugh at Prince Harry's bride's hat. (laughs) (laughs) It never makes clear why these are craftsmen. Internet what? Internet Loggers? craftsman. I think it just means commenters. Yeah. Internet craftsman laugh at Prince Harry's bride's hat. Um, <laughs> that really makes me laugh. I've laughed at that so much alone at my desk today thinking about it. I wonder what you were getting up to. Hmm. Ever since the British Royal House announced the intrigue of Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle, every single step in the royal family's new arrival comes at a gigantic moment. And also the poor do not fail. They are impatiently waiting for the crazy bride to mumble. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Joe. So I think I think it means, when it says the poor, I think it means commoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it referred to on another site, uh, translators, uh, translated as the plebeia, which I oh. really like. They are impatiently waiting for the crazy bride. I'm assuming that means like fa- crazily famous to mumble, just to say something. It has already been said that on the first Christmas, all capitalised, the royal family traditionally gathered together for a joint service, which, along with Harry, also visited Magana this year. So Meghan joined for mm. her first Christmas. Magana sounds very lavish, doesn't it? It sounds much more royal to me. But that's not the point, they're non-traditional. They were genuine baptismal baptisms for the prince's bride. However, the fine label guides judged that she was fine and unable to disappoint with her manners and taste. So she did well at Christmas, I think. Yeah. I don't know who the fine label guides are, but they sound exacting. <laughs> On the other hand, internet bullying is reassured by the Megan chosen hat, <laughs> which has caused many associations with all well-known emoticons of smartphone users to symbolise <laughs> the cack. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, right. to explain, Harry and Meghan appeared at Christmas ahead of their visit to <laughs> the palace. And Meghan was wearing a fetching brown hat that unfortunately sort of has the shape of the, emo- the uh, emoji Commonly for poop. Known. Commonly known as... I got told that was originally chocolate ice cream. Bullshit. Quite literally. But yes, it's the... Uh, to put it in another way, it's the well-known emoticons of smartphone users to symbolise the CAC. Don't Bob, K-A-K. Don't have Bob Dylan on red. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Magana, dressed in worship, was dressed in an elegant coat, fitted with accessories and shoes, in brown shades. In return, her aristocratic heritage was given her a fine hat, which was retained in her favourite traditions of British leeches. Don't know what that means. I love Google Translate. I can't even grasp at what that could be. Her aristocratic heritage was given her a fine hat. So I think that means she had a fancy hat on, like aristocrats would wear. Because it is a fancy hat. It's like a, it's yeah. like a um, ascot-type yeah. racecourse hat, which was retained in her favourite traditions of British leeches. Not a clue. While stylistic experts feel the sense of an actress, internet explorers on social networks have barely shared jokes about the apparent similarity of the hat... With the cacks emoji. <laughs> I love cack. I've not cack. heard the word cack for ages. Well, they write it K-A-K, so I think that must yeah. be an untranslatable yeah. bit of Latvian slang. And um, then, so that's the end of the article. Then they include a f- load of tweets. They are just from English people, so it's <clears throat> right, not that okay. funny. But my favourite one of those tweets is, Meghan Markle is a beautiful human, but that is a poop hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that they've written this story, because I genuinely didn't see this anywhere else. I, no. This is what I was looking for, is very specifically chosen stories. And apparently a Latvian, Latvian, a Latvian can spot you a cat. They love the poop hats. But do you know what's even better than this? And this, <laughs> actually, this is across the board. This isn't just Latvia, as good as Latvia is. And they're wicked. Commenters on the internet who don't speak in English seem way more intelligent and polite than commenters in English. There are huge discussions and arguments going on, but people, like, really patiently talking to each other. There's no name-calling, there's no rudeness. Are you saying the Socratic method exists in overseas comment sections? Honestly, man, I kept looking at comment sections, and I didn't take anything from them, because they were all just nice and reasonable. It's really weird. Like, I think English is bad. I think we're bad. You're saying it's a language that conceptually instills... Violence, violence and rudeness. rudeness. History would bear that out. Yeah, it works. Sociologically, it you works. You English as a virus. I mean, have we not all watched The Matrix? And where... Ooh, do you want to talk about The Matrix? I do a bit. Actually, it's not even in... Uh, oh, no, no, I was going to get into Snow Crash, which is an even nerdier subject. We should never talk about Matrix ever Let's ever not again. talk about the sci-fi. The sci-fi. The cack. Uh, but I'm going to read you three good comments from this uh, Latvian piece. There were 21 comments under this, and that should give... that I'm reading three of them. Gives you a good indication of how high-quality Latvian comments are. Uh, I really like these. So this is from Cheeky Piglet. There is nothing to be ridiculed. The hat is made by carefully contemplating the environmental, natural peculiarities in which it will be worn. The vertical shape of the hat breaks the linear flow of the wind and converts it to the vertical, thus protecting the face from sharp winds that are not uncommon in England. That's true. But it's like a cyclist helmet. He's, no, he's saying like... Like an Olympic cyclist helmet. I guess. Like, like it's, it's an really aerodynamic... Ar- it's like, like an aerofoil. Fancy brown poop hat. Uh, 
a great headband. I'll definitely order my girlfriend. <laughs> so this guy loves the hat. He's getting it for his girlfriend. Why have they got like an aerospace engine? <laughs> it's incredible. He should be designing planes, not commenting on cheeky piglet articles. DDD. This is a very good. In general, British toilet humour is a very popular theme. On that side, any joke associated with the removal of various substances from the body sounds like a funny one. On the other hand, the savour of the royal family in choosing hats is a long-standing fact. For example, a couple of years ago, one of the princesses wore a head composition with... Dot, 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 miniature toilet bowl glasses. I looked this up. I could find no... <laughs> no evidence that a princess of the royal family wore no. toilet bowl glass uh like glasses that's weird but you, do you know what he's talking it. about there are these like there are those novelty glasses you can get where they're like little toilet bowls under your eyes and then oh. your eyes are the lid oh right that's what you meant i think I, he's I, like I, I silly little toilet picture. bowl glasses but i really like that he's like yeah, of course she wore a poop hat. The English love poop. That's their whole sense of humour. It's the land of Shakespeare and shit. Also, we really like to think of ourselves as like, oh, we invented Blackadder and Faulty Towers and, and smart things, all the thick of it. Now nah, we like a shit joke. That's And everyone knows it. The Latvians got us by the they've short got, and They've got our poopies. number and they had it from year one. And finally, from Profs, and Profs lives up to his name as a professor. Oh, those who say righteousness on their hat are not very passionate. Not those who stink their stupidity in the public place. Why we've got aphorisms? I know. And so I think what he's saying is uh, people who are talking about hat online are actually the stinky ones, not the hat. That is a higher caliber of comment. I internet crass. I knew I was proud of my Latvian heritage, but it used to be because of how I came to be, which is a story I'll tell on another podcast. Because it was to do with drinking and funny jokes. But I like Latvia even more now because they've got wicked commenters. But they still talk about poop hats. They've done you very proud, though. I love that so much. Made me feel really good. And Joe, shall we do a bit of feedback? Shall we? Um, So if you want to send us feedback, you can contact us at any time at show at Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get on to the actual first bit of proper feedback... Mm. I want to bring up something, because five of our emails this week have all been someone who listens to this podcast trying to send us up to a very lurid and weird dating site called I Love Your Accent. It's a dating site? Yeah. Right. I was opening this, I was looking at this on my um, desk earlier, on my computer at work, and the cleaners went behind me, who was like tidying up the office, and saw me look at it. It looks really horrible, this really? website. Yeah. So... The point of this website is it gives you the opportunity to, this is reading from the website, gives you the opportunity to socialize with like-minded people from across the pond and also in the next city, town, or state. Basically, what it's trying to do is pair people who have British accents with people who have American Mm -hmm. accents, if that's a thing you're into. Not to bring up Love love Actually again, but that is a whole segment of that. That's a whole like um, subplot in that where Chris from My Family. Yeah thinks if he goes to America with a British accent, he'll be able to clean up. And it turns out, very sexistly, that he does. With four beautiful women. Yes. Well, there's actually, there was an advert on the Tube not so long ago, which was advertising flights to Las Vegas that goes, Yes. Oh, go to Las Vegas, where your accent is the aphrodisiac. Yeah. It absolutely isn't. Those Vegas adverts were very unpleasant. You heard the state on this. Anyway, um, so so I... (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) Who'd like to get down on this? (laughs) You're right, love. What, um, Harry? 
so I so we got this email five times and it had a username and a password. So I signed in. Whoa! I didn't realize that. <clears throat> I've actually my registered. Whole throat's just gone wrong with excitement. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what had happened. So I signed in and we've got some matches, Joe. No, we don't. Um, Wait, what's it? What are we? What's our profile? Well, the thing is, they they haven't been. I don't think they've put anything on it yet. But it's a joke website. It's just spam bots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. None of it's real. Well. There was one profile that I found, which was one of our top matches, and it's a lovely lady. Um, her username is, is SilkLayers52, um, described as selective and lovable. Selective? So, you know, I assume that we've been we've been entered as British. Yes. So the whole thing is to ma- you know, match people. It's called I Love Your Accent. So she is 52. Mm-hmm. Well, she's 52 years old and was born in 1952. She's 52 years old. Okay. Lovely. Astrology sign Aries. Mm, lives in Taurus, li- is that compatible? Lives in City of London. She's nearby. Jo- what? She's nearby. Well, she might be American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Height, five foot six. It's good on five foot eight. Average. Marital status, divorce, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Worse in HR. Accent, the important one. I do not have an accent for fuck's sake. Oh, you've not thought it I through. do not have an accent. Why are you on I love your accent? Silk layers does also, not get it. Also, I do not have an accent. Everyone has an accent. Yeah, that really bothers me. That's like saying, I don't, I have bad breath. I've heard the poshest people in the world say they don't have an accent. Everyone has an accent. Oh, so disappointing. Anyway, get on to the real feedback. I mean, we should send her a message. (laughs) Not being mean, just say like, hello, what's your accent? accent? Because everyone's got an accent. In her bio, she says she's Danish. You have an accent. Yeah, you've got... You a, just can't hear it. It's like when people have bad breath. You can't smell it. Everyone uh, else can smell it's it. It's going to do a very sort of mean... I'm not comparing the Danish to having bad breath before anyone emails. It's going to do a mean sort of Muppet-style voice and say, oh, accent. Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, it's funny, though, isn't it? This subject is important podcast feedback, which is why I'm opening with it. It okay. says, Dear Joe and Daniel... Mm. I was disappointed to hear the discussion about the bots master on the last episode. <laughs> this is my friend, Sean Bell. Right. It says Sean. Sean. Where Joe described the 3D sections as requiring glasses with the red and scion lenses. Right, sorry. Wait, so I know he's writing in, but I have purposely not read this email, so I don't know what... So he's got... So his problem... Because he told me he was writing in to complain about my chat about bots master. Yep. So his problem is with me saying you have to wear the red and blue glasses. Requiring the um, the 3D glasses with red and cyan lenses, which I, are... I don't even need to re- listen to the rest. You're a nerd, Sean. In actual fact... You've got a child, Sean. In, in actual fact, the bots master used a different technique called the pull frick effect, which uses the difference in timing signals between your eyes to generate the illusion of depth. And the glasses required had one dark lens and one normal lens. Crucially, this means that the 3D sequences look completely normal to anyone without the glasses with no discoloration. In order to herald the 3D sections of the show and alert viewers to put on their glasses, protagonist Ziv ZZ Zoolander would shout, It's laser time! Boys. Boys. Which I would make a superb final, which I think would make a superb final line in Harry and Meghan's wedding vows. (laughs) It's laser time, boys. (laughs) Fair play. Sean's criticised me, but it's constructive because he's taught me about the Pulfric effect, which I'm... And and then he says... And this is definitely something we should have prepared. Uh, so maybe we'll do this next week. Are there any other fra- catchphrases from 90s children cartoons that you think should be included in the vowels? Oh, my love, Sean. I- I'd just like them to hum the entire theme from Biker Mice from yeah. Mars. Oh, no, actually, you know what would be the best thing ever is when they come in, do the wedding march, obviously, but as they leave, 
play the um, New Adventures of Johnny Quest theme tune, which is the best theme tune that a TV show has ever had. It's one of the most exciting pieces of music I've ever heard in my life. Um, I would like the Queen to attend looking like Captain Planet <laughs> to kind of just kind of disseminate a positive ecological message over the entire day. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Sean. What is it the Street Sharks say? They've got one. Oh, my shark. It's not, it, uh, it, it's not it's chomping time, is it? No. That doesn't sound right. I, I actually never watched this. Because I know sharks. they fight, they bite, and they're street sharks. Do they need more? They definitely got a catchphrase. Oh, it's going to bother me. I've got to look it up later. Never you, mind. You got their feedback. Get yeah. a bloody email from Sean telling us what it is <laughs> and what sh- species of sharks they are. You dork. This is from Mike Tapia. And I like that because it reminds me of the cute animal, a tapir. <laughs> My sister did a um, a pet a tapir experience at Paradise Wildlife Park in Hertfordshire recently. And I was very jealous indeed. That's lovely. I'd rather do that than swim with dolphins. It was called Tickler Tapir, though. I once um, swam with dolphins in Florida. What? They swam away from me. Yeah, of course they did. You go in the water, they swim away. Yeah, because they're highly sexual creatures. There's a little fat 11-year-old, they swam away, and then I got a bit of a seashell stuck in my foot. Oh, mate. And my mum had to spend three hours getting it out with a needle. My brother got... Florida was rubbish. Yeah, in Florida, my brother got um, stung by what's known as a American? velvet oh. ant, but they're actually like a red wasp, and they are terrifying, and it hurts more than normal wasp stings. That's the thing. My mum was freaking out. She thought it was like a sea anemone or something Ooh, in my foot. That's no she good. was like freaking out, and I was freaking out. She was freaking out. Yeah, you don't want a mum freaking out. No, because if mum's freaking out, then... You know if something's up. Yeah. Bob Dylan's around. My t- <laughs> this again. We're going to get sued. Mike Tapia, the cute elephantine mammal, says, How do... Really enjoying the podcast. I've never had that much of a thirst for royal knowledge before. How times change. Well, same with us, actually. (laughs) I work at a printer's, and we ran a brochure this week, and I thought you might be interested in it. I've attached photos. I think you'll agree the likeness is uncanny, and at that price, you can't afford not to get one. This brings up the question. Well, actually, wait, let's about? talk about I what's think you've going got a on. Print out of it. Yeah, I've, I, 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 I thought, did it in colour and everything. I thought it was going to be a we're good out of work hours now. I thought it was like. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, uh, you know, I'll be able to read out the email and then like as a fun reveal, but he just goes on. <laughs> it's not thought it through, Tapia. I've not seen this before. It's horrified. It's the Megan Royal Bride doll. It's quite a good likeness. And um, <laughs> the, t- the tagline is, it's the wedding we've all been waiting for. And it's not the doll of the wedding you've been waiting for. I can tell you from first-hand experience, it is a terrifying uh, vision of what looks like a sort of um, like a homunculus version of Kate, uh, not Kate, of, of Megan, and she's wearing uh, she's wearing a wedding dress, which doesn't make sense because we don't know what her wedding dress is going to look That's a like. Very good point. The thing is, they'll sell you that one, and then they'll sell you another dress once we know what the actual dress is. Oh. You can dress her up in it. How much is it? Limited edition. It um, actually doesn't say on that one. Uh... I think it's 175 quid or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't say on any it's of these. Pricey. It's oh, quite pricey. Oh, no, pricey. it does. It's four monthly instalments uh, of, of £29.80, plus postage and handling, which is not good for that. Uh, advanced reservations are now being accepted. This is a Danbury Mint exclusive. It's not available in stores. You cannot buy it's, it in stores. The reason why they put that 
is no shop would fucking sell it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. It's £149 or £29.80 in four installments. Uh, it's a Damry Mint exclusive. It's available at the remarkably attractive price of £149. Which is ironic. Each doll will be... The doll is horrifying. Each doll will be individually hand-numbered, which is... Two. <laughs> don't write, like, weird tattooed numbers on human limbs. Just on, just oh, like just on the bad base, image. Base, base, like, base of her spine. Oh, it's not a good image. And clearly marked to indicate its special commemorative edition status, which implies that they're not going to have commemorative versions of the same doll. Uh, just like her in normal clothes, in jeans. Um, as always, your doll. As always, your doll will be covered by Danbury Mint's one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. And if you're not absolutely delighted, you won't be. Simply return it within ninety days for a full well, refund. It's turned up. I'm partially delighted. An heirloom quality treasure that generations will cherish. Imagine, right? Your granddad dies, and he's not got a lot to his name. He dies, and you get in the will, and it's like there's something special for you. And he died in he died in the old people wars of 2080. Your your great is your great granddad now. Now that I think about it, and you open up the box, and it's a withered old Meghan Markle Danbury mint. And it's a, it's a shoe box he used to keep under his bed. It's not even the original packaging because he's definitely that. played with it's it. It's that, and it's just a little tub of Vicks vapor rub. Oh no, Granddad! Olbus oil it smells of. <laughs> granddad, oh great Granddad! We expect unprecedented demand for this remarkable commemorative. Do- <laughs> it is remarkable. Yeah. I am remarking Maybe on it. Selling two at most advanced reservations. Blah, 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 Danbury Mint, Joe, Ch- Chessington, I, Surrey. I, I've got advanced reservations about the whole... And- <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Tapia continues, this brings up the question, what would your dream royal wedding merchandise be? What would bring in the big bucks? I'd say Happy Meal toys are a good start to get the kids interested. What do you think? H&M forever, Mike Tapia. It took me a while to realise that was Harry and Meghan, not the Scandinavian oh. store. What merch? What you, merch? you know what I initially thought of, mm. but then I'm like, cause when I think of merch for anything these days, the thing I immediately think of is Funko Pop. Yes. They've made Funko Pops. Do you know that you can get a Princess Diana Funko Pop? Yes, I do. And you know there's two variants. There no. Are, there is like a Walmart exclusive where you can get Princess Diana wearing the black dress. And this is the, do you know the famous black dress that she wore? Uh, I believe I do, yes. It's called the Revenge Dress. And it's the dress she wore, I believe, I'm going off the top of my head here, to a Vanity Fair party in like 94. God, we've learned some shit doing this show. Nuts, isn't it? I don't need this in my head. Uh, it's the nut. It's the dress she wore to a party on the night um, Charles's Panorama interview went out, in which he kind of implies that he cheated on her with Camilla Parker no Bowles. And apparently, this black dress was made for Diana years and years ago, but she never wore it because she thought it was too provocative. <laughs> and she wore it as a big fuck you to Charles. It's like, well, if he's going to go on national TV and say he cheated on me, I'm wearing this dress, boys. Fair now play. you can get that in a Funko Park from Walmart. That's Quite the advancement for culture, that. Yeah. That's a worry, isn't it? I am going out of the room, because I've just remembered I've forgotten something, but it segues perfectly. If you could occupy the listeners for two minutes. Bloody hell, Joe. Uh, I'm not reading the Japanese email again. <laughs> just talk about it. See? Just talk about your feelings. I'm on my own now. Getting a bit lonely now. Always back. 
Daniel, over the weekend I went to my favourite city in the world, which is Newcastle-upon-Tyne. And I visited a cafe for brunch, as we millennials are wont to do. Avocado, please, we said. And a deposit. uh, All weekend, we went to, like, a market, and there was tons of royal wedding stuff there. Like, not royal weddings, like, pictures of uh, William on a plate. And, like, old tea towels and that. And my friends had just been pointing out constantly, royal wedding, royal wedding. I'm like, yeah, but it's not the right one. Getting frustrated well, with listen, it. That stuff they couldn't shift for the last one. And we were in a um, we were in a cafe, and everyone at the table. I sat down opposite the the door, and everyone at the table went, "Oh, check that out, Joe! You'll love that." And I turned round, and it was a big painting above the door of a naked Prince Philip um, in front of a swimming pool, Blimey. with the Queen looking really amused and three corgis in the background. And it's by an artist called Alan Blevins. And Alan Blevins runs and operates this cafe we were in, right? And so it turns out you could buy the, that picture on a postcard and he'd sign it for you. So I got you that. Oh, there thank you go. You. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> the discoloration on his body it's, is magnificent. It's not great, is it? It reminds me of Alex Ferguson's face. Yes, absolutely. And I had a quick chat with Alan Blevins um, who said... Um, did you know I uh, sent that picture to Buckingham Palace, that painting to Buckingham Palace, and it's uh, the mail wrote a story about it. And I'd only just remembered that, A, I got you that, and that he told me about this story. So I'm now going to live read the story written about this. Artist paints a full frontal portrait of Prince Philip, sends it to Buckingham Palace, and claims he received a phone call from royal police, who told him they loved it. <laughs> Oh, he's so That's great. He's a cool-looking dude. You can see his pubes. You can. You really can. Artist Alan Blevins painted a naked Prince Philip and sent it to the palace. He claims police called him back to say they loved it and wanted to buy it. But Mr. Blevins, 58, decided to keep the painting and hung it up in his cafe. He has made about 500 postcard-sized copies of the original artwork. So you've got a limited Blur- print right Oh, there. wow. This isn't mass-produced. Limited run. Uh, it's got I'm his just... phone number on it. It's yeah. got his mobile number on it. Has it? Oh, let's get him on. Should we call him now? Um, why has the Queen got her right hand amputated? I think it's in her other hand. Like, it's just a... She's sort of holding it coquettishly on her lap. Yeah, she's not um, perfectly proportioned there. There's not... Oh, man, he looks very serious in this picture of him. Check that out. Yep. He's a really cool... The whole cafe... Um, and you know what? Like I've Thanks forgotten sure. what the cafe's called, and I feel very bad about it, because it's delicious food, and it's covered in his weird art. It's brilliant. We'll, we'll say it next week. Hi, sorry to interrupt, but this is Joe in robot form. The cafe is called the Wild Trapeze, and it does nice mushrooms. Mr. Blevin's David Hockney-style painting shows a completely stark as Prince Philip standing in front of a swimming pool with only his hands protecting his modesty, and barely at that. Uh, it doesn't really... It was a surprise, the artist and singer-songwriter said. Slipping that in. And I'd sent one of the postcards to the head uh, to the head on the stamp. And Philip and to Charles. Oh, to the head on the stamp. Yeah. It's very funny. I'm an idiot. About a week later, my partner said, we've had the police from the palace on the phone. You've got to ring them. I said, oh, no. But she said, yes, really. He added, when the police came on, they said, what's this about? 
Cafe owner Mr Blevins, 58, said it soon became apparent that he was not in trouble and the police officers were actually impressed by his work. The police said, they all love it down here. It's been around a palace a few times. <laughs> uh, asked me to arrange a price, but I didn't bother. I'm a terrible businessman. I don't like to push it. it it's really nice. Is this uh, easily found online, this picture? Yes. If you just search um, nude Prince Philip painting, you'll see it's first. It's really good. It's a very good picture. I really encourage you to seek it out and admire him in all of his ungloved glory. Well done, Blavo. Awesome. So that is this week's show, which is the international show. Is it, mate? Yes, it is. Or is there a conspiracy that I need what? to talk us through? And in fact... A Belarusian conspiracy. What? Conspiracy corners You're back. You're Eastern European websites again, Mother Joe. F. Uh, now, this isn't a pleasant... It's sort of a counterpoint to your thing about how the world might be healed by Meghan Markle. When, in fact, did you know that Meghan is a tool of world domination from the New World Order? Give it over, Joe. According to a Belarusian blogger, uh, his blog titled The Kings of Degradation. He hates this wedding, and it symbolises to him... The downfall of society and the um, sort of homogenization, and uh, he uses the word syncretic at one point, which I imagine means a bad thing. Uh, he's very upset, and he's a really unpleasant man, so let's read it. Recently was announced about the engagement of the British Prince Charles with the actress Meghan Markle. Get your facts straight, mate. Who, in plain words, is a divorced woman who had many partners. He also goes into some racist stuff, but I cut that out. But have him just stop it with it. This news was gleefully received by the world media, which impose on the world the ideals of corruption, confusion of races, and religions. The goal of the Western oligarchy is world domination, which requires the undermining of national states, the formation of a single, syncretic religion, standardization, and degradation of people. This is all Megan's fault, apparently. Uh, he goes on to talk about how there was a recently a change of law to allow royals to marry Catholics and remain royal, and says the Pope is evil and praised cocaine once. <laughs> By blessing it? Yeah. Before someone snorts it? I guess. Uh, to continue in his words, interracial marriage for the further mixing of races is also important for globalists, which they've been doing for a long time. <laughs> Maybe because they're nice. Globalists mm. aren't all bad, surely. I mean, most of them are. It's very shaky ground, this. The world elite undermines all national states, mixes cultures and races, forming a single world type marginalised from their traditions. Therefore, I'm absolutely sure that such a marriage is undertaken by the British royal family to please the liberal course of the world oligarchy. Uh, he goes into uh, extreme detail about how most big European leaders are childless because apparently the NWO doesn't like children. Doesn't make sense. Uh, he also says that Macron oh, so and Merkel... He's ripping off Hamme's tail now. Yeah, he is. And he's also saying Macron and Merkel abandoned their children. Like He's watched There Will Be Blood. He's gone mad. Um, I've abandoned my child! Uh, <laughs> That's a great angler Merkel there. He, yeah, absolutely. And he also... I, here's, this is actually one good thing that came out of this as I learned this fact, that the royals, um, up until at, at the... Like, the last point we can conclusively say this happened was Prince Charles, the royals have been circumcised for the last 300 years. What? It's apparently... Um, so they get it done in the Jewish Boom. style. <laughs> they get it done in the, the sort of traditional, not medical style, the um, like the sort of uh, cultural style. Yeah. With the moil. Yeah, That's the moil. The they get it done in that style. I was told, do you know the bit that they cut off? Yes. That's called a schmuck. 
yes, where that I, word comes from. That is correct, isn't it? I think so. Oh, you said that as if you'd since found out that it was no, actually no, no, something quite different. No, I think that is different. true. I'm just not 100% Schmuck sorry. Schmuck is also German seems, for jewellery, which is interesting. Like a ring. Yeah, yeah that's all it is. Um, but yeah, all the royals are circumcised. Uh, up until Prince Charles, possibly so, the youngest, but we don't know about him. It's weird that that's the norm in America, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird. It's like, even if you're non-Jewish, yeah. most American men are circumcised. Because... In, That's to me. What, how has that come about? I believe in hot countries, it's a thing of uh, like prevents infection right. because babies aren't often, you know, getting you know going the up and downs yeah. on it, so it can get unpleasant in there. So it's like a way it can fester. Essentially, surely I believe it's very it's, natural. I believe it surely used... served as well for the vast majority of human yeah. evolution. But I believe, well, it, the original tradition came about from a hygiene issue, like most right. religious traditions. I believe, in the same sense, I believe, like halal and kosher. Let's not get but, too. Co- let's it, not get the, crazy here. We're but... talking about like again. This is massive about anthropological definitions of purity, where it's like that is clean, this is unclean. Yes. Uh, so I, I think until recently, um, Australians, like a lot of Australians were circumcised as well, because it's hot country. And uh, he basically ties the royal tradition of circumcision, not to like the, the, apparently it's just a class, like it was a thing that royals do. It's just like royals get circumcised. That's just what you do, it's baby. Than um, but he ties that to uh, like a capitulation in the face of, I don't know, probably Jewish people. He's yeah. a mental. Placating them. Uh, and then I, lo- I love this bit. Of course, in response to such speeches, liberals usually start blissfully and sillily to smile and blame those who utter them in con- to say conspiracy and conspiracy theories, repeating the accrued uh, accusatory cliches. However, there are, no, there are no conspiracies here. There is an absolutely open policy on destroying the institution of the family. There are public statements about this from, for example, the U.S. State Department, who proclaimed the planting of pederasty as one of the main goals of U.S. foreign policy. That is literally a conspiracy theory. He's gone, oh, there's no conspiracy theories, except for this one I'm just going to say. That, that is a hallmark of any what a mad bastard and the british family will eventually have to give their subjects the example of sodom marriage straight into that as they now set an example of a multicultural marriage otherwise this family can be removed from power what are you on about belarus i mean like i thought eastern europe had done me and you proud i know we got an episode karma in it and then belarus lets us down being dickheads i mean belarus got russia basically in the name of the country it's also wait what we hate russians now i know you're ukrainian and i'm latvian and there's some you know <laughs> there's some, oh, the, the, some powerful some feelings tension. at work there <laughs> i think bad blood is an underestimation from what the russian stories i saw Ooh. were all seemed quite nice i will put that apart from the whole popularity zero fiasco from popcorn that's what news. i'm thinking 7.5 absolute looks insane um yeah Belarus not got the best history on the old human rights, so maybe that has something to do with it. Not sure. Now, I know you wanted to finish up, and I know this has been a long podcast, but we've got one more very important thing to do. Oh, yeah. Which is the third and final verse of our beautiful cover, L.A. Girl by Ed Sheeran. I think this is um, closest you're going to get to Meghan Markle fan fiction. Yes. Although, actually, I'm going to do a lot more searching for that. (laughs) Just not in Russian next time. (laughs) I think that might have been an impediment to me finding some... Verse 3. I'm not going to read the rest because there's loads of it and it's absolute nonsense. Uh, So just to recap, every week 
Uh, we take a verse from Ed Sheeran's Galway Girl and repurpose it um, for the lovely wedded couple because Ed Sheeran is apparently going to play at the royal wedding and we think he should play something appropriate. Verse 3. And now we've outstayed our welcome and it's closing time. I was holding her blank. Her blank was holding mine. What could he be holding? Sorry, say it again. And now we've outstayed our welcome and it's closing time. I was holding her blank and her blank was holding mine. I think just some very sweet but also anatomically improbable. (laughs) I was holding her foot and her hair was Was holding holding mine. Yep, yep. (laughs) Because that's like a a sort of a... um, What's that guy that has all the nude people in his paintings? Tunnocks. Tunnocks? Not Tunnocks. Of tea cake fame? No, he's a tea cake. What's he called? Spencer Tunnock. He is called Spencer Tunnock. He's just got waves of nude people on. I'm just imagining a massive caramel wafer. Please let it be Spencer Tunnock. I can't have made that up. Yeah, I'm still on the diet. Her coats both smell of... Oh, sorry. Our coats both smell of blank, blank, and blank. Three posh things to smell of. Nestle chocolate and gin. Nestle chocolate and gin. I like it. Nestle. That's from the Twixes. Mate, you've remembered. Well done. Yep. Gin's just nice. People might think this is thrown together at the last minute. Oh, no, no, no. As we fill up our lungs with the cold air of the night, I walk her home. Then she took me inside to finish some blank and another bottle of wine. Jigsaws. Jigsaws. Love it. Hard one where it's all beans. Oh, and it's like... A thousand And there's pieces. no clear edges. I swear I'm going to put you in a song that I write about an L.A. girl and a perfect marriage. marriage. Yes. We were perfectly in tune then. That's beautiful. Uh, so that is the end of L.A. Girl. And if we ever grow some balls, we might actually sing it. I can get my guitar in. She played the organ in a Beach Boys oh, yeah. cover band. But she fell in love with a posho man. Kissed her on the cheek. Then I took her by the cheek. Said, baby, I just want a freak. I'm not going to do the rest. I just like that chorus a lot. <laughs> That's stuck in my head as the actual well, words now. Maybe, maybe on the... Because f- obviously this podcast has an inbuilt end point. Yes. Maybe towards the end, this will play us out. Well, yeah. Oh, that's quite nice. I've really set that up now. Always. It, I will also say that might not happen, so don't get your hopes up. Always sing it just really drunk whilst we watch the actual wedding. Yeah, uh, that sounds like less work. That'd be beautiful. Um, so if you want to contact us, you can email us again at any point at show at com. You can contact us on Twitter at windsornotpod. Please do. It's really fun. Follow that account and we'll let you know when the new episodes go live. And finally, if you're listening to this now on your phone, if you've got signal or you're on Wi-Fi, go and review the show. Yes, please. It takes a second to do. I know that because I do it. And yeah, five stars. And if you, I think if you write a review, it's even better. But we won't impose that on you. But if you just do one, it's very good for us. Some one person just went ten out of ten. Sure, love it. You don't have to do that. But if you want, great, real nice. Um, And if you came here because the Guardian wrote nice things about us, welcome. We love you. You're nice. I like that we were described as a duo. A duo, Twix and Riley humorous, like a Twix. Oh, like little naughty boys, Riley. We'll see you next week. No, oh, Dapper. <laughs> <laughs>